All right, here we go. Welcome. And we've got a chunk to cover today. It's going to help you leading your community, whether it's your family, whether it's a relationship you want to grow, whether it's that team that you're building. And one of the things that is uh, really cool about living in a space like I do in Ohio is you have this fresh appreciation for summer and sunshine. It's cloudy, what feels like two-thirds of the year here. And because of that cloudiness, sun's out, guns out. Well, not really guns out for me. I got the, the dad bod thing, but you know. So we love going to the pool and the chores were done, right? You got to get the chores done before you go to the pool. Uh, we drive up work for the day had been finished. It's Saturday. It's time to play. It's the, the sun is beating down. It's hot and the pool is supposed to close at six. Uh, I think it was on a Sunday. Actually, it was a Sunday. And it was a little after three when we drove up. We knew we had a few hours and the sign said closed at 4 p.m. I was mad. The kids were disappointed. Sure, the pool sends out a weekly email with early closings, but who has time to dig through a newsletter template? I don't. You don't. And most normal people don't. Um, I, I think my wife represents how most people use their email. She'll at some points have like thousands of unopened emails. Few are those people who power through their inbox. Uh, so what I have to do, if something's going to capture my interest, I have to be engaged by a story. Now, I don't expect the pool manager to do this, but if he was fully engaged in communicating information, he would do one thing. He would deliver the information about early closings for the week in a story or in some way to capture me. Um, now, I've talked to you about this before in the mission program, so we're going to go a little bit deeper with it today. Uh, but just to recast the vision for you, the fully engaged refuse to cede or give up the role of storyteller. You are the chief storyteller for the team you lead and build. And there's a lot of good narratives out there, and you get to pick the one that is told and lived out on your team. So really clear here, fork in the road, you can relinquish the title to someone else on the team, right? You can passively allow the swirling narrative of fear to dominate. You could let the person who's insecure and has a bad attitude do it. Or you can mentally emblazon the title on your psyche. And I choose plan B. Now, before I talk to you about the benefits of what's going to happen when you do that, and it's going to help you get really specific about the tactical way you go about it, at this point, I want you to start paying attention to, as you carry the role of storyteller, what season, where is your team at? Now, if you can go back uh, near the end of the last uh, podcast we did on seasons, and you can listen through how I talk through fall, winter, spring, summer. It's crazy how that matches up with a study that was done, 1965. His name was Tuckman, uh, and he did a stage a study on the stages of a team. Real quick, here it is. Forming, storming, norming, performing. Now, you can go search this out on Wikipedia and see that results were inconclusive about the effectiveness uh, or about how much teams actually went through this process. But here's what I can tell you. From starting lots of teams and helping others do the same and helping people lead teams, what's 
for sure is when you have a mental model that's good, it may not address the complexities specifically, but it'll give you a way of hacking through decision fatigue in a quick way and go, okay, where's the team at and what do they need? So you can go back to that seasons thing, the fall, winter, spring, summer. Teams go through those same things. In the beginning, as the team is forming, you've got to be in the leader role. Okay, you can look at Ken Blanchard's stuff on situational leadership, where they took these stages and actually give you what you need to do in each one. And so in the in the beginning, stage one, the forming stage, you're high on direction, low on support. That's strategic and intentional. Why? Because if you just try to bring in a ton of support, you're not going to be ready for phase two, which is storming. And in the storming phase, you hit conflict, whether it's internal conflict with the team, a team member, the vision or the values, or external conflict, how it is landing in the marketplace or how it isn't, or problems with clients. And when you're in the storming phase, you've got to give high direction, as before, and high support. Because now we're in the winter season of the team. You've got to be the leader and you've got to be the empath. And then after the conflict, and, and it's so powerful when you lead a team, you can know what's coming. After the conflict, then it's the norming. Things settle into a good routine. And you're going to give low direction because you're starting to delegate more effectively. They're running with tasks. They're making it happen. And high support. You can do it. I'm behind you. And this is where you start to move into the role of empath, the comfort, and the sage, the, the wisdom that's there to help teach them how to fish more than just giving them the fish. I know that's cliche, but I love something I heard this past week, and that is uh, cliches might be made fun of, but they have truth and wisdom in them. And uh, so, yeah, in the third phase, the norming phase, you're bringing the empath, the sage. Last phase of a team, performing. This is where you're firing on all cylinders. You're just bringing the sage role. This is the summer phase of the team. All you're doing is delegating and developing leaders. It's low direction, low support. You're not giving a ton of direction because they're growing and they're running on their own. Now, what happens all the time for people, let's say a team has been functioning for a while and then a new team leader comes in. What do they do? Do they learn where the team is and how to match it? Nope. Almost always they jump in and take it back to forming, which means that team is going to go back through conflict. Uh, This is played out at a global scale uh, from everything as crazy as when popes change because there was a pope in between the two long-standing ones. Uh, it's kind of a weird example to pop in my head to um, to something changing with a team of three people at work. And so if you're going to carry the role of storyteller, be an awesome storyteller by knowing the phase your team is in. If it's a forming stage, if it's storming, if it's norming, if it's performing, what do they need to hear? And in each phase, this is tied into the seasons, you're asking questions. You're paying attention. If it's a fall season, what isn't working? You know, what are we needing to let go of? Uh, when you're in the winter season, okay, why isn't it working? Why is this happening? We want to study. In the spring season, what's the action to be taken? Summer season, what do we enjoy? We're going to play, but we're going to keep our eyes on the foundation. Now, I'm throwing a lot at you, but it's really powerful when you get this awareness of your team and where you're at. Uh, This ties into what I've talked to you about before, Uh, winning, losing, stuck, inspired. Are you aware of those four places? 
All that ties into these seasons. All that ties into these team phases. If I know the phase the team is in, then I can provide it the leadership that it needs to have. Now, I want to make sure that you wrestle with this. Number one, do you carry the role of the storyteller? Are you carrying that role of passion? And then number two, do you know what season your team is in? Forming, storming, conforming, performing. Pay attention. Use the stuff we talked about in the seasons and apply. Now, if you've done that, I want to pass on some benefits that you're going to see. I'll do these like A, B, C, D so we don't get too confused with our numbers. A, the, the benefit you're going to experience, your team stays focused and inspired. What do I mean? Well, if you're passing on stories to your team that inspire you and champion your values, if you're not seeding the role of storyteller and you're learning where they are, what season they're in, what do they need, they stay focused and inspired. They believe. There's faith. They know it's working. Next benefit, B, key moments hardwire the values into the team because the narrative is living and breathing. Yeah, it's happening in front of them, and it is exciting. So we want to make sure that we celebrate key moments, right? Celebrate key moments. Whatever you've got to do to remind yourself of this, celebrate. So if you pass on the stories, they're focused and inspired. If you celebrate key moments, it hardwires the values into the team. Next benefit, brains relax because they are well-led. Look, if you reframe conversations in person... And when you're in the team meeting, pointing back to the values, people relax. They're well-led. The core function of your brain, we've talked about this way back early in the podcast when it started, it's looking for a narrative. Give the people you lead what they need by not failing to capitalize on building the momentum of the story. So reframe those conversations. Point back to the values. Relax the people you lead. Fourth benefit... Ah, dang it. I did numbers. Sorry, I was confusing. I meant to do A, B, C, D. This would be D. The benefit. Your your reassuring tone, when consistently delivered, relaxes the team. Everybody gets to breathe in. So what am I saying here? Avoid the tone of hype and pressure. Overflow passion and joy. You know how I know you don't know if you're doing a good job or not, and and nobody can know that with full certainty, but this is how I know if you're insecure in who you are, if you don't know where your team is and you're trying to make up for a lack of clarity with intensity, you just try to push things through with force. Well, when you're a reassuring tone and you're consistent, you get to see a team built without having to be a hype artist. And you can't build a team without regular hype-free communication, one that's going to stick around and stay through it with you and actually build something beautiful and grow. And if you're not carrying the role of storyteller, just know this. Your silence will result in one reality. They will fill in the blank spaces with negativity due to their insecurity. Whether it's your kids, whether it's somebody you love, if they're not hearing from you, they're filling it in with something negative. And then you'll be tempted to release the hype monster to wake them back up. Your tribe is gathering. Assume the role of storyteller. Use voice memos, emails, calls, texts. 
shoe polish it on their car window if you have to, but get that message through. Hey, thanks for being here and listening along. Don't cede the role of storyteller. Do you know what season your team is in? And make sure you're taking advantage of those four benefits that you could be experiencing. Thanks for listening. Peace.